This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 465, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, March 29th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 465. Uh, this is our reviews podcast for the week of Wednesday, uh, March 29th releases. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. So every t- week we take a look at some of the uh, highlighted comics that came out uh, the previous week that I actually had a chance to sit down and read. Uh, as I record this, I am actually from my literal sickbed. Um, this episode is going up, uh, you know, I like to try and get the episodes up on the Wednesday following the release of the comics. Uh, so that, you know, the l- one last gasp of talking about those comics before we talk about the new ones. I am hideously late on that, though. I have often end up being a little bit later than that. Usually come out on Thursday or Friday. So in order to get this episode out this week so that we could also release our uh, awesome conversation with Doug Mensch, it meant uh, recording from my literal sickbed. So that's where we are right now. Um, just quickly, looking at some of the books I did not get a chance to read from last week's books, but some of the highlights I wanted to mention that did come out include uh, Avengers 5.1, uh, Batgirl Annual. There's a bunch of specials. There's Booster Gold and Flintstone Special. Um, I think the last issue of Ghost Rider or... I can't remember if it's ending with five or six. Uh, there's the Green Lantern Space Ghost special. Uh, Inhumans Prime came out. Justice League of America, Man Thing, Occupy Avengers. There was the Resurrection Free Preview Spotlight. Uh, new issue of Star Lord, Suicide Squad, Banana Split special. Uh, new issue of Commandy Challenge. I'm so far behind on this. I really do want to get back into it. Uh, actually, when I say behind on this, I want to get back into it. I mean, I want to start reading it at all, because I don't think I've actually read the first issue. Uh, new issues of Thanos, Mighty Captain Marvel, Thunderbolts, and there's also a Titans Annuals. So DC's output, as you can tell, was of a spe- specific variety. Um, so the books I will talk about. So first off, we have all-new X-Men 19. This is the end of Dennis Hopeless's um, run on all-new X-Men. Um I really liked his run for the most part, um, and this issue in particular is, is uh, illustrated by Paco Diaz. Um, I guess my only issue with this, I like the characters. I thought that Edie and Genesis, or Evan, whatever you want to call them, didn't always get enough of a spotlight, and I liked when they did. But at the end of the day, this is about the Core 5, or Core 4, as the case may be for most of the series run. Obviously, now we have uh, Jean Grey as well. Um and I guess the only thing that throws me off here is that the way that Hopeless writes teen Cyclops didn't really r- ring true for me in this particular issue. Um, you have Beast being like, I can bring us back. Let's go. I got to show you something. And Cyclops is like, great. This is great. We're, you know, we're back in time. And then we realize, wait a minute, we're already here. Uh, brings up the idea that, you know, um, the minute that Beast take, took them, it created a different reality, not the core reality. Um, and so, you know, that's why they haven't disappeared. That's why, you know, no, nothing's fallen around everyone's heads because these characters have gone in different directions. Obviously Angel becoming, you know, empowered with the Black Vortex, which still bugs me that it happened, but that is what it is. Um, I'm also not sure how I feel about Scott and Jean kind of moving beyond their romance because it's not something that necessarily matters for them or it, maybe they're trying to capture something that hasn't been allowed to organically grow. Um, that being said, I thought the issue was a nice kind of um, cap on solving an issue that needed to be solved, which is why are the X-Men here so that they can now figure out what they want to do. Um, so I like that. I think that was a very organic thing to do for the characters to be able to say, you know, this thing has been hanging around their heads that, you know, they got to go back at some point. Um, you know, they, they can't just stay here, but now they have nowhere else to go, so they will stay here. And I thought it was a nice way to kind of cap, a, cap that particular idea of the story. 
And I do like that instead of doing softball or anything like that, and that although they do mention it, um, they do have an instead an impromptu X-Men dance party. Um, I'm going to give this um, a seven and a half. I thought it was a, a, a solid ending. Was it great? No. Um, I'm probably being too stingy. I'll, you know, I'll just give it an eight. I, it was a good read. It was enjoyable. It did what it needed to do, but it did it in a way that I thought was still enjoyable. The only thing that bugged me was Cyclops being a little too, na- too naive, but I guess he's been through a lot. Um, so you can kind of understand why he might act that way. Uh, next up is uh, Black Widow number 12. The worst thing about this issue is that it's the last issue. Uh, this was great. It's by Chris Somley and Mark Wade. It's a really affecting story. Uh, great storytelling uh, by Somni. I mean, he's just on top of his game. Um, the you know the plotting and the scripting is really on point. Um, at one point, it's almost like really the you know <laughs> this character's still alive. This character's still alive, but I kind of liked where they went with it. And um, no, I, I thought it it wrapped itself up nicely. Um, and I like the last line where it's Maria Hill saying, you know, come on, Nat, I think it's time to come in out of the cold. And you just have this kind of look of the, these girls going and, um, you know, being tended to. And Blackwood is just kind of looking at them and finally has a almost like a, a small smile on her face and just says, me too. Um, I really dug this. Uh, I give it a, you know, this is a, a solid 8 out of 10. Uh, no question about it. It, it remains a, a very interesting and engaging book. I'm sad that it's over. That is, a, I honestly think that's the worst thing about it. Uh, next up is Dark Knight 3, The Master Race, number 8. Ugh. Um, I just, I don't, I'm just not really a fan. I'm not really enjoying it. Is, is it over or is this, is it still continuing? Like, I don't even, I, I just don't like this. I, I, it's just not for me. I, I think the storytelling is clunky. It's definitely not the best. It's, it's far from the best I've ever seen of, uh, Andy Kubert. It's just all over the place. Um, and I feel like Andy Kubert is doing, is trying to do a Frank Miller and that's fine, but and actually, it's pretty successful in that area, to be honest. But I just found it unengaging and uninteresting and overly long. And Frank Miller and Azarello could have done better. And the backup wasn't great. Um, it's just for an, you know an expensive kind of book that's supposed to be you know this big thing. It's just not that thing at all. I'm, I'm going to give it a four, and I think I'm being kind. It's just not good. Um, the less said, the better. Next up is Old Man Logan Twenty. Um, I kind of liked it up until the ending, and then I wasn't sure. Um, it's written by Jeff Lemire, artwork by Philippe Andrade. It's Gone Real Bad, part two of two. Basically, it's Logan, or old man Logan, I should say, um, realizing that this one guy can send him where he needs to go into the future to deal with the, the, the banner baby. And, you know, he basically says, like, I'm going to get you out of this prison. I need you to send me here, and uh, if you don't, I'm going to kill you. And he ends up sending him somewhere else where... It would appear that he's in 1812. I'm not sure what's going on or how this is going to work. And maybe it'll be great. Um, I just the ending kind of disappointed me because I obviously he's going to eventually get there. But I just feel like now we're just going to be taking unnecessary steps before we get there. Um, and the artwork was okay, but not it was it wasn't Sorrentino, and that's not fair to Andrade because it's just not fair to say oh I don't like this because it's not someone else, but. Sorrentino had such a distinctive style and was so brilliant that it makes it hard to read anyone else's version of Old Man Logan. Uh, I'll give it a six. It was, it was still good. It just wasn't great. Speaking of great books, Spider-Woman 17 is perfect. 
Um, I'm going to give it like a nine, nine and a half. Like it's Dennis hopeless is amazing. Uh, his writing in spider woman has been absolutely inspired. The artwork by Veronica fish is similarly inspired. Um, a lot of excellent stuff here. First of all, I love that Rogo has, um, not Rogo. That's for him. I love that, uh, the, the baby has powers. Um, I love that, you know, you have uh, a big kind of hero party and, uh, Jessica drew trying to explain that, um, you know, why she likes the, the porcupine. And I just thought that was so cool. And everyone trying to like hand, grab the baby was really interesting as well. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was just absolutely perfect. I'm so sad that this book is ending. Um, yeah, no, absolutely great. And I, I love these characters. Like again, I'm just so sad that I'm not going to be able to read more of this every month because it's just been so good and so enjoyable and so amazing that um, yeah, I'm just sad that I won't be able to pick to read it every month. Like it, it's so good. And people who are like, well, it's not really my style or the artwork isn't, you're, you're stupid. Well, you're not stupid. That's unfair. But I just don't, I don't understand people who don't like the art or don't like the storytelling. Like it's so, first of all, the storytelling is clear and concise and has, is so full of style. And, um, and I think that the, the storytelling by hopeless has been so loving um, he really loves these characters and like when he quote unquote killed porcupine, like I was legitimately upset about it. Like I was just, not like upset, upset, but I was just like, Oh my God, like they killed off this character. I found it actually upsetting. And the reason why we kind of take when some, when a character like that is, is, uh, we see him die or we believe him to be dead. Um, we definitely take it harder because they're not a top tier character, not an A level character. They're like, oh, they're, they're, obviously they're going to be fine because they, you know, they have a marquee name. If someone kills, you know, Peter Parker, well, I shouldn't say that because they did. <laughs> but you knew that eventually Peter Parker would be back. Like there was no question about that. Uh, the question was when, not if. Uh, whereas when they killed off um, Roger, uh, the question was, holy shit, he's dead. Like it wasn't like, oh, well, when's he coming back? So when they brought him back, I was legitimately surprised. Um, I'm gonna give Spider Woman's last issue a nine and a half out of ten. Like it, it was, it was so good. And last but definitely not least, we have X Men Prime number one. Uh, not the first X Men Prime I've ever read, um, and not necessarily. Well, I don't know. If, I'm trying to think. Is it better than the X Men Prime from the '90s? I'm legitimately not sure because that's not necessarily a great book either. Um, this not to say that this wasn't good. Sorry, that's a little bit mean of me. Um, just they they both set up other stories. I think this one probably did a better job of telling complete stories in in the way as they set up new stories. Whereas the X Men Prime from what ninety five um, did not do that. I mean, it set up new stories, but you couldn't really say that any of those little snippets you got was really a story. Maybe the one with the team being beaten to death and then the X-Men finding them. But other than that, like you just kind of had a snippet, but not really a story here. You definitely got more stories. Uh, so this issue is written by Mark Guggenheim, Greg Pak, and Colin Bunn, uh, with artwork by Ken Lashley, Ibram Roberson, and Leonard Kirk with Guillermo Ortego. Um, so you have a few different stories here. First you have, um, uh, basically Kitty Pride's back on earth and storm basically says, you know, I, I need you. I need you to uh, to do something for me, if you'd be so kind, basically, to come back to the X-Men, lead the X-Men, i got to leave. Uh, then we see, you know, a bit of a story with Lady Deathstrike. Um, 
and she's attacked, and there's definitely some stuff going on with her. And then we, but the main kind of throw line is definitely Kitty Pride kind of coming back to Axhaven, trying to deal with the ghosts of the past and whether or not you know, she needs to stay, whether or not she could ever lead. Um, we also kind of get a, a glimpse that the uh, the original X Men uh, have taken off and um, kind of very X Men way of doing it to kind of so that people wouldn't know that they were already gone. And then you have, although the only thing that bugs me about that is that the original five are leaving on their own. But what about, you know, the the people who were part of their team? Um, what about Edie? What about um, uh, Evan? You know, like, these people were part of their team, and now they're just kind of thrown away. That's the only thing that bugged me about that. Otherwise, I do like the idea that Kitty's going to lead the team, and she's trying to, um, you know, resettle the mansion, and it looks like now the mansion's in Central Park, which kind of makes me go, like, eh, I think a lot of people would have problems with a giant mansion full of mutants just showing up in Central Park, but okay. I mean, it's previously been Onslaught Citadel, you know, it's done a lot of things, but whatever. Um, I'll let it go, because it's a nice conceit, um, that you're you're putting the X-Men back in the in the, in the the heart of things. Uh, they're not necessarily, not necessarily in Westchester anymore, they're not in San Francisco, or out utopia anymore and they're not in limbo anymore but now they're in a little bit more of a central location um and that's that's kind of nice although i guess they were in westchester a few years ago when they were part of before they moved to Exhaven um uh, in limbo so it is what it is i i still like it i think it does a nice job of kind of setting up what we're going to be getting from x-men gold blue and uh, weapon x um obviously it doesn't do anything to set up generation x gene gray cable rice man but um, I wonder if they'll end up doing books as kind of previews of those, because those books, I think, would have benefited more from this. Um, because at the end of the day, if you have the entire X-Line gone, and now you have X-Men Blue and X-Men Gold, those are going to sell. Those are the core X books. Weapon X, eh, it's arguable. Uh, it's basically replacing X, but uh, I don't know, something. But, you know, obviously X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue were going to sell no matter what. Um, Generation X... Not necessarily. Uh, Jean Grey, no. Cable, no. Iceman, no. Weapon X. These are going to sell to varying degrees, but they don't. They need the boost more than X Men Blue and X Men Gold. That's just my point. So I, I feel like doing something like this to kind of show showcase upcoming books, which is a good idea. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it works better than others. Sometimes it's more of a feels more commercial than uh, than organic. Here, I think they did a better job because there was three separate stories that they kind of. They Lady Deathstrike's the only one that didn't really fit in. Um, but the others were felt much more organic and it kind of makes me question why the, the weapon X story was even there. Cause again, it did feel more shoehorned in, not that it wasn't an interesting kind of story with Lady Deathstrike, but it didn't really feed into the rest of the book. So it just felt like a more of an outlier, but I will give the, the book on a whole seven and a half out of 10. Cause I, I think it, it definitely shows promise. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hoping for a lot of good things from it. Uh, next week on our reviews episode, um, hopefully I'll have read more books. I know I've already read Batman and Captain America, Steve Rogers, so I've already uh, read some. But some of the highlighted releases that came out uh, yesterday, April 5th, include uh, All New Wolverine, America, Aquaman, Avengers, Bullseye, Champion, Cyborg, Deathstroke, uh, Hawkeye, Iron Fist. I loved issue one. I thought it was really good. Uh, Nightwing, Nova, uh, Royals, Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Deadpool, Star Wars, Superman, Fallen Rise of Captain Adam, which I'm really in- enjoying more than I expected. Uh, the Flintstones, Uncanny Avengers, which I should actually have read before I read Captain America, Steve Rogers, because uh, there's definitely major spoilers. Um, and X-Men Gold. I didn't even realize I was already coming out. Oh, man. So next week I'll be talking about whether or not uh, it's able to fulfill some of the promise um, that we had in, in uh, the X-Men Prime one-shot. Um, hopefully it does. 
Uh, if you want to email me, you can do so at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. Like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode is a, is a, is a doozy. It's almost two hours with Doug Mensch. That'll be either uh, either tonight or tomorrow going online, and uh, I think I, I really hope that you'll enjoy that. Um, uh, I really had a, a blast talking to him. It was great, and uh, I could have probably talked to him. And you'll you can kind of notice in the episode that I kind of was bringing it to a close because it was almost two hours because I had to go somewhere. Like I had an appointment, and I'm like, if I didn't have this other appointment, I would have kept talking for like another hour if he let me. Um, like even in the episode, I'm like, I, we're coming up on an hour forty five. He's like, oh really? Like, geez, like I don't even think he realized how long we've been talking, but. Um, uh, I hope that means he enjoyed the conversation and hopefully you do too. So thank you for listening to this episode of Comic Shenanigans. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.